I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. We're rolling right into the moist line tomorrow during this hour. There's still time to leave your messages. The iHeartRadio app is a new and easy way to do it with the microphone icon. Call the toll-free number also, 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. One of the reasons that politics sucks, particularly in Sacramento, August 31st is the end of the session. They don't come back until December, and they're only there briefly. Basically, if you want to get your bills through, you have to do it in this next week. And we've been talking about that a lot this week. One of the ones we're going to focus on now is the return of no bail Bob. That is State Senator Bob Hertzberg from the San Fernando Valley, who actually wants to become a supervisor on the L.A. County Board of Supervisors. He's in a runoff uh, for that seat, Sheila Kuehl's seat, coming up in November. He has brought back, and some are calling it very sneaky, his zero bail bill that he put on the shelf a year ago because a Sacramento woman was murdered horrifically by a vagrant who benefited from no bail laws. So That's right. He thought this didn't look good, so he shelved the bill. But now they're kind of quietly kind of sneaking it back to the forefront, trying to get it through during this last frenzied you, week. You could tell Hersberg has no conscience because this, this poor woman— was raped, murdered, her dogs were murdered, her house was set on fire. Name is Kate Tibbetts. And and so Hertzberg, in temporary shame, hid the bill, and now he's brought it back thinking everybody's forgotten about the dead woman and the dead dogs. Uh, and it was Troy Davis. He, he, he was released from prison early and then let out on zero bail after stealing a car, also caught masturbating on a front porch in the same neighborhood. Um, yeah. 
The voters spoke in November 2020, Proposition 25, which was from Hertzberg about zero bail, was soundly defeated. Soundly yeah. defeated. The people spoke on this. We can't get rid of this guy. Let's get Jeff Clayton on, executive director of the American Bail Coalition. Uh, Jeff, how are you? I'm good. We got seven days to go with Bob. Seven yeah. days, yeah. Did you guys know this was coming, or is this kind of a sneak attack? I think it was a sneak attack. I mean, there have been negotiations going on for the last two years after he, uh, you know, sprung the bill right after the referendum. But uh, we didn't we didn't expect this by any stretch of so the imagination. He obviously cannot be shamed even after a 60 year old uh, woman is raped and murdered. huh? I mean, apparently not. A, a, you know, the sympathy for the criminal element, I guess, is increasing in Sacramento, apparently. I, no, is there anything different in this version? Yeah, well, this version is a little different than the zero bail bill because it's the right to an affordable bail, which doesn't just apply to low-level crimes. It applies to all crimes. And then I call it the uh, how much money you got on you bail because that's what everybody in, in California will get out under this bill, unfortunately. And that's going to be murder, rape, all the top-level charges. And I would assume a guy like the murderer in Sacramento is a transient and he'd get zero bail because he doesn't, you said, doesn't have much to pay. Right. We all can't afford our bail. You know, a bail agent in, uh, in Ohio uh, told the legislative committee how many people, how many country club members commit drive-by shootings. And that'll tell you everything you need to know. It's not about rich or poor. It's about violent crime. No, I think right. exactly it, it's right. a it's total about the crime. You know, the argument is they so keep pushing this thing about equity and fairness. But it's, it's, you know, it's a distraction. They get you arguing about something stupid. Nobody cares how much money a person has. You only care about whether they committed the crime or not. And if they committed the crime, there ought to be a high bail on it. I, I mean, it's it's all, dangerous. They, exactly. See, their see their goal is to let everybody out, but they always come up with distraction issues to try to justify it, and then people find themselves arguing over those issues. They're just trying to get let everybody out. That 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 that's all they're thinking about. What what um, what do you think his his motivation is here? Like, what's in it for him to be so relentless, even after this Kate Tibbetts murder? I don't know. I mean, we had to do the referendum. We've been on the other side of this for the last six years. I was just telling a colleague, I wish this chapter was over. But uh, we don't know why he's doing what he's doing. We just know it's nefarious. Have you ever spoken to him and negotiated anything with his office? Or uh, It's been in 2017, I think we sat down. I'd l I would have loved to sit down with him again. But uh, because I was the main sponsor of the referendum, I was kind of on the um, on the no talk list, I guess you could say. <laughs> Right. What was what was the uh, vote for the proposition? I mean, we won by double digits. I think we won. I think it was fifty six to forty five. I want to say, but we won by double digits. The voters didn't like his bill, and um, they wouldn't like this bill if they had the opportunity to opine on it. Does he have a lot? What of are the chances that this is going to pass? Is there opposition? Is it? This seems like something some of the politicians would want to avoid right now. Yeah, I think there's major opposition. I think what he's going to try to do is pivot and try to amend it at the last minute. So tomorrow's the deadline for the amendment. So I'm sure we'll get a typical Bob Hertzberg special, which is, no, I'm not trying to do this. I'm trying to do something else and trying to distract everybody. I think we'll see that probably tomorrow. The, uh... well, I, you're probably glad that, uh, well, if, if he wins the county board of supervisors seat, he'll be out of the state legislature. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that'll be better for us because he can't change state law 
when he goes down to the Board of Supervisors. And obviously, you know, he can influence policy down there. But, you know, the judges in L.A. know what to do, and hopefully they keep doing their job. Yeah, he's difficult to talk to because he, he's loud and bombastic and just shouts out all kinds of phony false statistics. He's one of those guys you can't do anything with in a public conversation. I don't know what he was like privately to talk to, but he comes on the air here and he just BSs. He just shovels horse manure at you and there's nothing you can do. Jeff, what's this about yeah, you know refunds? Uh, refunds are in this bill? Refunds to defendants? Yeah, that's where this is going is that, uh, you know, if, if you don't, Ultimately, you get convicted, you get your money back. And so what's going to happen is that all these people are going to get their money back. But the problem that he doesn't realize is that bail bondsmen can't bail people out who are innocent under this rule because they have to give the money back. So really what you're going to do is create a system where the bail bondsmen have an economic incentive to bail out the most guilty and never bail out the innocent people. Uh, and so that provision's in this bill, and I think that's probably what they're going to end up running yeah, with. That would, and that would have the opposite effect problem. on public safety, you're right. You're bailing out the guilty people. Right. <laughs> right. You're telling bail bondsmen that if they're innocent, you never get paid. So be sure to focus on the hardened criminals. I told one bail bondsman if they have a prior record, then you can bail them out. And if they don't, you better not bail them out because they're probably innocent. You better Man. stay away from them. So That's one rule of thumb you have to use. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, thanks for talking to us and uh, keep us surprised of what happens in the next week. You got it. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Jeff Clayton, executive director of the American Bail Coalition. And they're battling Bob Hertzberg once again in Sacramento. The state senator has got his uh, no-bail bill, Senate Bill 262. Although you heard Jeff explain it's no bail if you're, you know, it's whatever you can pay is kind of the idea. Some sort of a sliding scale because the argument from the Hertzbergs is that oh, only the wealthy can afford the bail. The poor people get stuck well, in jail. the wealthy people don't commit. Uh, the, not the, the violent crimes. They don't commit no. the violent crimes, so stop it. You know, again, it's a distraction issue. And he's right. If you have $5 on you, then you pay the $5. If you have a 20 you pay the 20 It's basically zero. It's basically right. no bail. He's trying to cover it up with a clever twist of the words, a uh, clever little concept. It's really hard to talk about this stuff because there's constantly distractions, fake issues, you know, new phrases, a, a, a BS title to the bill. It's always something to get you off course. He he wants, it doesn't matter what crime you commit, he thinks these guys ought to be free immediately. Now, yeah, there's only that, two reasons for bail. Public safety and to make sure the person doesn't flee, right, and, that they're released. I, I'm, I'm sorry, after what this woman, Kate Tibbetts, this Kate Tibbetts was a sweet 61-year-old woman. She was an animal lover. You know, she there there was, you know, she's everything that's good about people. That's what she was. And she was brutalized by a transient, Troy Davis, which is a whole nother horrible issue, right? Transients running around. He's repeatedly arrested, repeatedly let out. Kills even the dogs, burns down the house. This is because of Hertzberg policies. Why why do we why do we have Bob Hertzberg representing us? leading us, voting on us. Why are we paying him to do this? We are paying him to write laws so people like Kate Tibbetts end up getting raped and murdered and burned. Why are we doing that? This is the empty the prisons and jails agenda. This is just another aspect of it. They released everybody during COVID. They have all these other policies like Prop 4757 to race people. 
This is coming from a different angle, which is, oh, well, don't even have bail because they'll be held yeah. in jail until their trial if they can't make bail. So let's get rid of bail and just let everybody you know, free until they get their he, trial. He's one of the worst, most dangerous, really just sociopathic legislators. And he's got a, a good chance of representing L.A. County and, and, yeah. and the supervisor board. Oh, West I think side. he's probably the favorite there. Yeah, right. he's probably the favorite. And 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 that's just it's just, it's just horrible. It's just horrible. I mean, the, do you know any normal people who want like a, a rapist murderer to be freed from prison to be out on no bail? Do you know anybody who wants that? He does. Uh, we got more coming up. John and Ken KFI. John and Ken show. We mentioned that they're uh, rushing through all these bills in Sacramento. And the one we just talked about was another attempted no bail by no bail Bob Hertzberg, state senator from the Valley, who wants to be in the L.A. County Board of Supervisors. Another one involves another Los Angeles politician. And this one we've talked about before. We actually had the Republican state senator Melissa Melendez on the show because she was trying to get an amendment to it dealing with fentanyl. This is a drug bill. The author is Reggie Jones-Sawyer. Democratic Assemblyman from Los Angeles. Assembly Bill 2195. And what he's trying to do with this bill, if you can believe this, amend the penal code to create an alternative plea for those who are charged with drug offenses. The alternative plea would be public nuisance. It's actually called the Alternative Plea Act. It would deal with charges that allege unlawfully cultivating, manufacturing, transporting, giving away, selling, or possessing, or use of a drug. Basically, you're like a drug dealer, right? Yeah. Uh, like you're... So what Sawyer's trying to do is get this reduced down because he thinks there are lifelong consequences for these drug charges. Mm. He doesn't want to ruin their lives. Right. The, the fentanyl pusher is killing people, but this dopey politician doesn't want to ruin the murderer's life. You're pushing right, fentanyl. So, you're a murderer. You're killing people. You see them in the street. They're dying so, all the time. Melissa Melendez, who's been on our show, Republican from uh, Lake Elsinore, well, took a look at this and said, let's just do one thing with it. Let's put in an amendment. And she named it after a young woman that died of a fentanyl overdose, Alexandra. And I think that's the case where the woman mistakenly didn't know she was trying to get like an opioid. Like oxycodone, I think, but it was yeah. laced with fentanyl. And did she we died. have Remember her that dad story? on? Yeah, I think we did have her dad on. Yeah. It would notify convicted drug dealers that should they be convicted again and someone dies, they could be charged with manslaughter or murder. That's what they just do. Just that simple. She's just that trying with... to amend this bill a little bit to hold the drug dealers responsible when there's a fentanyl death. That's what they do with drug uh, drunk drivers. Exactly you're, right. That was the comparison. You're warned, and then if you drive drunk and kill somebody, you could be charged with murder because you were warned. Right, and I, I, and I wasn't trying to say this is only fentanyl, be any drugs, but fentanyl was one of the reasons she did this. She said, these drug dealers are poisoning our children. We have people who are dying from fentanyl poisoning, never to see their families again. I have tried to get this passed three separate times with no success. So this time she offered it as an amendment to the Reggie Jones-Sawyer bill. Can you guess what happened? Defeated. Defeated. Rejected by Senate Democrats. It will not be in the bill. So Reggie Jones-Sawyer and the rest of the Democrats 
want uh, young people to keep dying from drug overdoses. Yep. You know, 43 just, to 24 in the assembly, this bill passed. Can you believe? Some Democrats were opposed, but still only 24 votes oh. against it. The interesting twist here is since this deals with drugs, if it ends up on Newsom's desk and he wants to be president and not Governor Heroin, will he veto this the way he vetoed the drug injection bill earlier this week? Because what uh, this is doing is it's softening the penalties for the drug dealers. A, a public nuisance? Softening? I mean, it. The, 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 drug were, offenses are a public nuisance? They, they, uh, it, there'd be no penalty. Because these are the dealers. These are people that says that cultivate, manufacture, these, transport, give away, sell, or possess, the, or these, use of drug. These wouldn't be felonies. These would be misdemeanors, and misdemeanors are not resulting in jail time anymore. So, so there would be, you could end up, Selling drugs, it kills your daughter, your son. No jail time for the guy selling it. Right. No prison time. Reggie Sawyer, Reggie Jones Sawyer. That enough That's names? his name, Reggie Jones hyphen Reggie Sawyer. Reggie Jones hyphen Sawyer. I mean, what? why does he want... Uh, oh, because he's one of these people that thinks that, 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 that drug cases ruin someone's life. Yeah. Once they get convicted and thrown in jail for a drug case... That's it. They and, have a tough time finding employment. The whole life is ruined. And the girl who didn't know she, she was ingesting fentanyl, uh, that life, does he consider that ruined? See, that's where Melissa Melendez tried to be, I don't know use the word fair, but this deals with even possessing the drugs. But if you're the dealer, that's what she tried to make a distinction. You're the dealer and someone dies from the fentanyl overdose they, that you sold them or gave them? They don't, because the drug dealers... And you're put on warning. It's like, oh, the next time this happens, if somebody dies, you're going to be in big trouble. The, what was wrong with that? The drug dealers are psychopaths. psychopaths. They don't care if they kill some of their customers because they have so many customers. It doesn't matter to them. They don't know what's in those drugs. They don't know the, uh, the, uh, the dose no. in the pills. They don't know if pills... Uh, are laced with fentanyl. They have no idea. They don't care. They're they're in it for, for for big money, and they make a lot of money. These guys get wealthy, killing teenagers and other young people. This is only getting worse. What did we find out the other day that they've seized, a, seized enough fentanyl to kill everybody in the country? Remember that story last week? Yeah. At, at the border, that, uh, how much is coming into the country? A lot of it's manufactured in China and then pushed into this country through Mexico. And it's a it's like a cheap alternative, but it, it's really addictive and gives a strong high. Look at this. But it's a cheap alternative, so they add it to uh, or replace other drugs with it. Look at this quote from a, sta uh, a staff member for some legislator named Dana. That's what they're calling this person. <laughs> and when this bill was originally introduced, it faced a lot of opposition from... Republicans and some Democrats, because, again, there's really going to be no jail time here. A lot of a lot of assembly members and senators were disgusted by it. Still are, too, said Dana. Some had been speaking to victims of drug crimes, and you could see on their faces how much this bill would negatively rock their world. These people charged with drug crimes didn't care about the consequences. And after being caught, they don't have to own up fully to them. To those victims and people wanting to see justice, they see people supporting this as monsters. And I'm actually quoting a victim on that. And we have 43 monsters in the assembly that supported this bill to basically remove any penalties 
for selling these drugs. 11 abstentions, which is the same as a no vote. It's not a yes vote. I mean, it's the same as a yes vote. Right. So there's there's 50, and, and those are just cowardly fools, the 11 abstentions. Right. You don't have an opinion on this. Sure. 54, 54 assembly people allowed this thing to pass, pass and most of them will get reelected. All right. It's unbelievable. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken Cafe. Well, we haven't talked about Russia, Ukraine today, and there's a few developments. Uh, of course, we're six months into this now. Uh, if you thought it was going to end anytime soon on the part of Russia, think again, because Vladimir Putin has ordered a major buildup of his country's military forces. They want to increase the number of troops by 137,000. That's a 13% increase wants to bring them to 1.15 million troops by the end of the year. Uh, now, the way they're going to do this is, was not made clear by Putin. Uh, they could so, widen the draft. They could recruit more volunteers or do both. So the, these families are going to willingly give up their uh, sons to be slaughtered? He's already killed 75,000 of his own soldiers. Well, so there's 137,000 more families willing to uh, join in here? Yeah, wow. I, the number I have is fifteen to twenty thousand. So uh, Russian soldiers have died. You have oh, seventy thousand. That, that, that's yeah, Well, that's that's Putin's number. Sure. No, it says Western estimates. I I'm saw AP story. I seventy-five thousand the other day. Well, well even so, that twenty thousand is more than the Soviet Union lost during the entire ten-year war in Afghanistan. So this has been by far their biggest military incursion since World War II. The, the Russian armed forces is over 2 million. Wow. Yeah, 1.15 million of which are troops. Here's the story. Um, I don't know if it's true, but uh, Fortune magazine, U.S. believes 75,000 Russian soldiers oh, have been killed or injured in Ukraine. Over 80,000 of Putin's land forces bogged down and tired. Yes, I, the AP says 80,000 Russian troops have been killed or wounded collectively. But they believe the deaths are 15,000 to 20 or possibly over 20,000. But I never saw a number of 80,000 dead. That would be. Washington uh, Post has a story. Russia has lost up to 80,000 troops in Ukraine or 75,000 or is it 60,000? <laughs> There's no way to know. The CIA said Russia suffered 60,000 casualties as of July 20th. On July 27th, the Biden administration said the losses ran to 75,000. On Monday, the Pentagon's number went to 80,000. So I don't know. There's a million estimates out there. Yeah, well, if he's asking for 137,000 more bodies, you can see he needs replenishments. And he has no plans to back down. Bringing in 100, 137,000 troops means he wants to continue to try to take that country. All of it. Uh, the what? other story that's being watched is that nuclear plant, Zaporizhia. And they took it offline today the russians actually control it it's weird the ukrainians work there but the russians took the plant early on in the war so they control it and what's been going on is the two sides are firing uh, missiles at each other near and around the plant so that's why everybody's afraid of a disaster should a fire lead to some kind of a meltdown at the plant that could happen at any moment and that's another story that's being wildly underplayed. It's like, really, they're firing 
you know, at a nuclear reactor. Yeah, they're shelling all around it. I, I because mean, it, that's sort of on the front lines between the two the two countries. You know, and you have you have these nineteen year old soldiers who are who are you know doing the firing here. You have you have scared kids basically with very little training, very little knowledge. I mean, they've obviously lost a lot of soldiers, so they're just emptying out. Emptying out all the neighborhoods, I guess, in Russia, huh? Right. Send more young boys to death. These guys don't know what they're doing. I don't. Obviously, the people in charge don't know what they're doing. I mean, they should have handled Ukraine by now, and it's been six months. And oh, remember the analysts thought it'd be days. Yeah, matter of days. So that's six months, and they'll just keep sacrificing uh, their young guys. Wow. They, what a species we have. They bombed a train station today in a town with 3,500 people. Uh, 25 people were killed. They think that a number of them were civilians. Of course, the Russians said, oh, no, we, uh, we blew up a Ukrainian uh, military train. So there you go. Yeah, I know. The daily lie. Just say the opposite of whatever's happened. Now, another story that's making news, and this happened near the beginning of the war, but this individual is now actually speaking publicly, and it's a 15-year-old Ukrainian boy who's been known as Drone Boy. His name is Andriy Pokrasa. And helped by his father, he used his drone... To go out and spy on Russian military movements and reported them back to the Ukrainian military. This was advancing Russian forces. And after they got that information, they bombed and blew out the advancing Russian forces thanks to the boy's drone that went and spied on their locations. He never told uh, anybody that he was only 15 because he figured uh, they'd hang up They wouldn't up believe him. him. They, right. Yeah, they would just Well, they wouldn't ask him. for his help, right? Hey, hey, kid, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. I mean, it was fuel uh, trucks, tanks, artillery, armored personnel carriers. Apparently, it was posted in a local village online group that they had a drone. So somebody from the Ukrainian Civil Defense Forces responded and said, well, can you help us? But yeah, you're right. They never told the Ukrainian military that this is a 15-year-old operating the drone. And he was able to uh, use the drone to spy on advancing Russian vehicles in a village called Makarif, and uh, there were fuel trucks, tanks, artillery, armored personnel carriers. I tracked them on a drone. They were in my picture, and I opened the tab with the map on the drone, and I put a mark on it, and the coordinates appeared there, and he passed them on to the Ukrainian military, and the artillery blew out the Russian tanks within minutes. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. I love this quote he gave to a reporter. My mother was very scared at first. <laughs> Had you got wow. a son? <laughs> I'd be scared now that his name and face is public. Yeah. I don't I know. know. I, I There could be Russians looking for uh, yeah, I know. The revenge. Dr the drones can work both ways. It says here he feels like he's safe, and I don't know what that means, but but that's uh, he was interviewed by several news crews who did the story. He's oh, sitting he, on a bench talking about it, and he looks like a 15-year-old. Speaking of speaking of, of, of drones, um, who is that? Who is that? Uh, the, the name of that terrorist that we killed recently with a drone. 
Remember, he was like the number two. Yeah, that was Zawahiri. Zawahiri, right? So somebody told me that what uh, what our military used was a drone, and it was like rotator blades. Oh, I explained it on the air when you were not here that day. Oh, okay. So oh, that's about cool. This. That's exactly what it is. It, but it was it was like being uh, like being hit by a lawnmower. Yeah, the they call it, it like the, the the super like Ginsu knife. Yeah, right. It's only spinning. They did this so they could avoid because explosions can get messy and you can blow up a whole lot of other things. But this (laughs) kind of like zones in on a target and then just chops it to bits. (laughs) I know. Like like a vegetable slicer. Yeah, the way I explained it, he walked out apparently on the balcony. I was like, to take a smoke, I don't know what. And he looks up and goes, oh, what's this? (laughs) And he got chopped up to bits. (laughs) Because nobody else was hurt. It was just him that they took out. Might That's... make the DNA IDing a little difficult in that just little parts oh, on man. the ground. I love that. Uh, John and Ken show KFI. All right, uh, the category is uh, men who like to spread their seed. Remember, we mentioned the other day that apparently there are some men that like to use airdrop to send out pictures of their penis to uh, unsuspecting women nearby. This is California than... is now making that a civil violation. You can actually sue over that, not criminal, but civil. Now. In the same category, there are two men in the news. One of them, uh, older now, but certainly well-known, the uh, heavyweight boxing champion George Foreman, has been accused by two women who filed lawsuits here in L.A. County, alleging that he sexually abused them when they were underage. They were teenagers. In the 1970s, Gwen H. and Denise S. met Foreman, they claim, when they were under 10 years old through their fathers. One man was a boxer and sparring partner of Foreman. The other was a boxing manager and longtime advisor to George Foreman. They claimed that he then groomed them, Foreman did, and then forced them to have sex in places ranging from a hotel in San Francisco to an apartment in Beverly Hills. They're now in their early 60s. How old were they when uh, he was uh, supposedly doing the dirty deed? Uh, I think one of them was 13, 14 is what I read. They were both definitely under 18. Um, but but they the met him when they were article, under 10. I read one earlier today. As you know, California has that bill, and I think it expires the end of this year, that kind of opened up the statute of limitations for sex abuse claims. So that's why we're seeing more yeah, of these apparently stories. apparently so. I mean, if you're uh, able to take cases from uh, almost 50 years ago. Yeah, this happened in the 1970s. So, right, if they're in their 60s, they would have been anywhere from 10 to 15 years old. At the time, they claim that uh, he sexually abused them. He denies the claim, saying they've been trying to extort millions of dollars from him. And I guess they finally gave up trying to get money out of him, he says. And now they're using the lawsuit to try to get back at him. Um, I'm not a big fan of uh, bringing up something 50 years later. Because that really goes in the who the hell knows category. Right. Right. So, I'm, you know... It's it's now, impossible to it's impossible to find out the truth. It's impossible to take sides. Uh, the other spread their seed story, which I find just incomprehensible, concerns TV host Nick Cannon. Have you heard of Nick Cannon? Yeah, I think he hosts one of those talent shows or something like that. Uh, he broke the news this week that he's having baby number ten. And the strange thing about this is, it's like with a bunch of different women. So, like I said, he likes to spread his seed yeah he um, uh he brags about this stuff publicly 
And he claims that he, he's in touch with and, and, and cares in touch for all with? of them. He just, what's that? He's in touch with. Well, sometimes I think it's FaceTime, yeah. Really? Yeah, he can't Oh, that's be. a good dad. Because I don't think these women live together you, in any you, place. Yeah, I was going to say, if you have a whole gaggle of women here, you're not spending dad time with all the kids. You're not changing the diapers or reading them bedtime stories or making breakfast for them. You're not doing any of that, which is... The obligation when you're a dad. You choose to be a dad, you're supposed to show up day to day. That's what the kids need. This never and, turns out well when you have an absent dad or a FaceTime dad. The kids always end up damaged from that stuff. That's that's pretty cruel on his part. And these that's, kids that's overlap. That's kind of sick, actually. There's already a woman with baby number nine that's coming in October. Another woman that yeah. had baby number eight last month, and, these and women, now he just announced baby number ten is coming. And these women are doing doing it voluntarily because hey, it's, I uh, imagine uh, though he makes a pretty good living, so I don't think that's an the, issue. They're but. all going to get a big check, right? Exactly, but it's it's like renting out your womb. I mean, it's yeah, I know. I, and and it, it's bad for the kids. The kids should, I did should have not dads. No, he was married to Mariah Carey for eight years. Look at that! Wow, from 2008 to 2016. Maybe that's what made him crazy. He's not marrying any of these great women, but he's really... Um, no wonder he lost yeah, his he, mind. He's done interviews about this that he just... Yeah, it's gross. I mean, <laughs> honestly, it's gross. If he wasn't this this TV celebrity, you know, you just heard it about about some guy in the neighborhood who's had 10 kids with a whole bunch of women. You go, oh my God. Yeah, it's the nine children are from five different you women know, is what and, I read. And I, I've heard of the guy's name, and I, I've seen him a couple of times in passing. I don't really know what he does, though. I guess he hosts. Yeah, it's one of those talent you know, shows but, I've I seen mean, him. I mean, t- take away the veneer of celebrity and glamour there, and it's like, it's, it's disgusting. What are you doing? You want, you, want, you, want, you want to grow up in a household where, where dad shows up on FaceTime once every two weeks? And, he, and he's you, you got nine brothers and sisters scattered all over uh, who knows how far. That'd be quite a that's, family reunion. That's what you want for a family? It's like big love. It's like, uh, you know. The... Yeah, I know. It's just. <laughs> and he's, uh, you know, he's uh, running around, uh, publicizing it, bragging about it. It's like, oh, man. That's a curiosity to get a like, request like, for a lot of interviews. It's like stuff I don't want to know about. All right, we got uh, Conway here. Hey now, hey now, hey now. All right, uh, well, we got to be a really big show. Dean Sharp is coming on tonight, the uh, house whisperer. You know, like everybody likes talking about homes and fixing up homes and what you can do to your home, homes, right? <laughs> nice pitch. <laughs> Great. Was that written down? Did you did you snort something? No, but I don't think anyone's ever called you Holmes before. I just did. Somehow I don't imagine you being really into remodeling and redecorating. I can't see that. Well, it's not remodeling. Uh, I I like to. I, I've had the worst luck with it in my life. Um, you know, we we've we hired a guy who costs us a fortune. I had to spend my daughter's uh, college fund to fix the house up after he was done with it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So it was a disaster. Uh, anyway, uh, and also a push for uh, zero admissions. Uh, California ban sales. Uh, that's too boring. Um, <laughs> flash flood washes out part of the eastbound 10 freeway. That's a big story. Well, the you east, can't get to Arizona. The eastbound 10 freeway. You know, if yeah. you were going off to see. That's your... one way to stop people from driving. Let's flood everything out. That's right. Yeah. That's that's the real highway diet. That's eventually what the Air Resources Board is going to do. They're just going to bomb the highways. Right. 
force us to stay home. <laughs> but I mean that. But that's a big, huge thoroughfare. I mean, if, yeah, if, that's, that's, oh, yeah, you're going taste. anywhere in the southern United States. That's what you that use. Is. That goes all the way to the Florida coast. Oh, is that right? Yeah, the ten does. Yeah, right across the right. country. Right. So now the uh, south there. You can, you, can, you, can, you can take the 40 through the north or the 10 through the south, yeah. My buddy was driving across country, got him Matt McDaniel, and he got to Texas, and, and everyone's flipping him off and rolling the window around going, F you, F you. And he thought just because he had California plates on right. that they hated him. But what he didn't know is we put a license plate frame on his car that says, I'm a stud and I love to screw. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> nice touch. <laughs> Went over real well in Texas. Class, class it up a little, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, really? yeah. Little ding Good dong. friends. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what state was he in? <laughs> By the time he got to Louisiana, he figured it yeah, out. Right. Yeah, yeah really. Because they were firing shots at him, bro. <laughs> All right, uh, Conway next. Yeah, dig dog. Mike Carter is the news. Come on. KFOSD, HD2, Los Angeles, Orange County, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.